0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler, and today I have a number of guests with me. We're going to talk about the movie Whitewash that's going to be playing at the Madison uh, for the next couple of weeks. I have on the line Michael Kenny, uh Can you pronounce your last name? S i o b h a n she. am sorry. And Aaron, Aaron Moore. So, uh, tell us a little bit about whitewash and you know, the importance of it and why it why it's featured in Albany. Whoever wants uh, okay. to start, then.
1: Okay, well this is Michael. Um, I'm, I'm the Artistic Director of Creative Action Unlimited, um, which is the producer of Whitewash the Racism Project. Um, we create original productions, film and stage productions about social issues and uh, Whitewash the Racism Project was created as a stage production and then turned into a film. That, um, that premiered at the Madison Theater last night and is running for two weekends there. Um, Aaron Moore and Siobhan Shea are two of the folks in the film, and so um, I'll kind of hand it over to them and ask them to talk a little bit about the
2: process.
0: Good, thank you.
1: Go ahead.
2: And this is uh Aaron Moore speaking, so the process of whitewash was i'd say was um, sort of a uh, uh interesting start you know Michael approached me with this idea that she had and and wanted to sort of bring to life and and uh, I was like, oh, well, this is interesting A couple of things caught my my attention one was like, well, nobody's really Done something like this in the capital region area, um, and then how she wanted to go about doing it was putting it in the hands of the artists, uh, uh, of the writers, of the all the collaborators on this project who were black, um, and putting it in their hands first and foremost. That's something that stuck out and something that grabbed my attention. So, um, and then seeing the people that she picked to 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 be a part of this project. Uh, people who I've, I've worked with in some capacity in one way or another and respecting their artistry and, and their skill and talent as performers, um, those things kind of made me want to jump on board. So having this process of talking about what we feel in this, um, uh, what we feel um, uh when it comes to the whitewashing of uh, racism and, and black culture in uh, um, America, and starting out from that point, and then just saying, how can we put that to somebody uh, moving? Um, sorry. Um, how can we put that into um? How can we put that into 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 a performance and, and do it on stage and starting from just our perspective and building up from there was something that really stood out for me and some and part, was part of the process that really um that I really enjoyed so I'll start there I'll leave you with that
0: aaron i have got to ask you a question um I guess you've been involved with this since uh you know the the beginning the beginning of the yeah. creation of this when people watch tv or listen or listen to the radio do you yeah. think from your perspective that the issue of race has been whitewashed in this country
2: um i don't think it's a perspective i think it's an actual you know an actual fact that um it has been completely whitewashed um in this country around the world um not even just this, this country, but this African-American history has been completely whitewashed uh, around the world. Uh, sorry, African culture and history has been completely whitewashed around the world, especially African-American history um, from any sort of level of uh, infrastructure um, has been completely whitewashed. Um, yes, yes.
0: Okay, so um th- I am so sorry. sorry I have trouble Yes, thank you.
3: It's okay. Yeah. Um I, I would have to say that the history has been whitewashed as well. I mean, uh you we we are we are all under the understanding that like history is written by the winners, so to speak, right? And so uh th- that goes for, you know, our culture as well. Um and you know that's probably part of why uh, I haven't been involved. I I've been involved with the project for a few years now, um, but I wasn't in on the ground floor like Aaron was uh, when it came to writing. But I did get to kind of put together some of these performances, uh, and it was it was really special experience for sure. Thank
0: you, um, Michael. I can see huh? you were the one that. Uh, created
1: this whole thing. Why did you do so? Uh, well, Creative Action Unlimited is dedicated to, um, to addressing uh, social issues in an artistic way. Um, it was actually suggested to me that my next project be about racism, and I'm a white director and playwright. So, um, so you know, I asked the folks that were suggesting this to me, whether they felt that I was capable of being effective in, uh, in addressing this issue, and they felt that I was, and then I asked for their help, and they said, yes, they would help. So, um, you know, this is a huge issue to tackle. Um, initial meetings with the task were somewhat overwhelming as we generated all the topics that we needed to try to cover about the whitewashing um, that's happened around racism in America over the years, um, but I think that we narrowed, narrowed um, our focus enough to make the production incredibly powerful and effective.
0: So when you, when you were creating this, did you create this from a national standpoint or what you were seeing in the capital district or a combination of both?
1: No, it's definitely not a Capital Region-focused production, um, although there are, you know, individual monologues by Capital Region artists about their experiences with racism, but uh, but all the material in the production and in the film um, is a much broader perspective than just uh, regional.
0: Okay. So, Aaron, you... Aaron, uh, what do you bring to the table as far as this movie is concerned
2: uh, what I, uh, well i i bring just i would say i bring just as much as everybody else or just as much as uh uh my wonderful cast that I get to work with or i i got to work with um you know i i i brought um an open mind i brought sort of my experience um oh into this i brought my voice uh my passion and just my artistry just like you know i saw my fellow cast members do alongside me
0: so um as you would as you were um rehearsing for this did you learn any differences between the black culture and the white culture that people don't seem to grasp
2: uh, well, I, I would say, and, and I'll just uh, and, 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 and I'll see from my perspective and me, Michael and Tamar uh, up to theirs. Um, I, I will, I kind of, when is not sort of separating white culture, cause I, I really don't think white culture was brought up except for the aspect of the, of white culture one of a part of uh, white culture was whitewashing history. I think that's sort of the only thing that gets brought up, and then just sort of the racial tendencies that happen amongst white culture. But I don't. There's not really a comparison. Um, I feel within the show, um, and uh, um, I. It's more focused on. Just, I, I would say that the show sort of focuses solely on the truth of the truth, and then the, the emotional impact of events that happen within black culture. So I I don't I don't really get a sense of a comparison of cultures.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so um what did you learn from from the creation of this movie?
3: Yeah, um I think uh my perspective was a little bit different going in um, because I'm, I'm mixed race uh, and I have white parents. Um, And so it was like a, it was a learning process for me. Um, And it was uh, like speaking as someone who has grown up with some privileges that uh, my fellow cast members haven't. uh, It was, it's a lot of self-reflecting and kind of seeing Uh, how you have participated uh, in perpetuating uh, essentially everything surrounding black lives, you know, everything surrounding uh, black history. Um, And I don't know, I think that's an interesting perspective to to have kind of gained and learned because I think it's one that's not dissimilar to uh, what a lot of white people go through when they see our films. Um I don't know. I think it's I think it's very reflective and personal for each person. And that's how that's how it was for me. Um and I hope that when you come out and see this film that there's a little bit of self-reflecting for you as well. Um Michael, what was your goal as you were
0: creating this?
1: Um well, I think, first of all, it's important for me to say that it was not one of my goals to have the cast members learn anything, that um, my goal was to learn from the cast members and to share that, um, the education that I had from, from their experiences, from my own research, from pulling this project together, um, to share it with audiences, particularly white members of the audience, um who Who might have a similar experience to mine um, around around this issue because when I started the process you know i'm a I consider myself to be a liberal or radical um, white activist um, in the community and I, and if you had asked me at the beginning of this project you know how self aware I was about my own um, <laughs> my own privilege, I would have said very self-aware. But working on this project for a year was very challenging to me um, because I became aware of aspects um, of my own thinking that, you know, that are just culture, um, that, we, that we as white people need to, be, um, need to be open to hearing about, open to changing, um, and not, not be asking black people to explain it to us Um, or to help us change. And so it is a very um, challenging process, and uh, we recognize that, you know, it's a challenging film to watch. Um, Audiences have told us it's a very challenging film to watch, but my goal is to create community change. And one of the ways that we do that is by having individuals recognize what's going on with them um, and be willing and open to change that.
0: So, where does the uh, movie take place?
1: Uh, the movie is showing at the Madison Theater in Albany. We premiered no, 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 the movie. No, no, no,
0: no. Uh, in the movie itself, where does it take place? Does it take place in Albany? Does it take place in Washington D.C.
1: in Kansas? Where no. does it take
0: place? Um,
3: Siobhan, you want to you want to feel this one? Yeah, sure. Um our film kind of takes place takes place anywhere and everywhere. Um Whitewash goes through the history uh through a series of vignettes and monologues. Um and so the space is is undefined, um but at the same time recognizable, if that makes sense. You know I
0: I'm a keen observer of what's going on. And I'm a baby boomer, and I've seen the standard of living diminished for a lot of people way before COVID, and, and COVID, you know, was, you know, pretty devastating. So whether you talk about um employment, whether you talk about the student loan debt crisis, uh, the... The middle and lower-class Americans in this country have more of a difficult time. So if you're going to do something from a, a position of privilege, I don't think too many people in this country have too many privileges right now. It's only a handful of people at the top who control everything. Michael, what do you say to that?
1: Well, thanks for asking. Um so I have a few things to say about that. One is that our next film, um, is called The Climb and it focuses specifically on race and class in America, exactly what what you're referring to. Um and that premieres at the Madison Theater in November. But but the other thing that I would like to say about that is that I understand what you're saying about class. Um you know, I grew up uh, fairly low income, and I've been pretty low income my whole life. Um, I also I lost my job during COVID, and, you know, I've had my own kind of financial struggles. But, um, and that's true of, of many of us. But my experience as a white person in America still puts me in a more privileged position than a person of color in America who's experiencing the same thing. Because for decades... Um, for centuries, um, Black people in America have been have been systematically disadvantaged, and and so people of color in America, whether it's COVID um, that created these problems or not, um, started in a lower situation because systemically that lower situation for people of color in America was created by white people. So it isn't you know we're not you know I'm sure you've seen this saying going around about, like, we're not all in the same boat. Um, So, you know, some of us have boats that already had holes drilled in the bottom, um, and some of us did not. My boat does not have that many holes drilled in the bottom. People of color are, you know, rowing as fast as they can in a leaking boat.
0: One of the things that uh, has been on the news for the past number of weeks is the... uh Killing of Gabby Petito, and Gabby was a young white woman and the The contention is there there is a lot of uh, black and brown people who have disappeared that the media does not focus on at all right. um, What do you say to that?
1: Uh, and indigenous people, um, but, right? Okay.
0: You know, maybe,
1: yeah. But maybe Erin or Siobhan could speak to that.
3: Okay. Siobhan. Yeah. Um. I think it's uh. It's good that we're looking into, uh, you know, missing persons cases. Like, it's good for Gabby's family that. that to kind of get their closure sooner but uh it's again just another example of white privilege um of the white girl that has gone missing uh and there are there are hundreds and hundreds of other women um that are people of color that are indigenous that have gone missing uh that don't get that attention and black women uh we pretend like We care about them in the United States and in media um, because we want to be like them. We want to emulate them. But at every turn, black women are denied the same kind of rights uh, that, that white women get for free. Aaron, Um, what's your thought? (laughs) Um,
2: well, well, I, was wrong. I think kind of took a big, big chunk of it, and I, I definitely agree uh, with what's been said thus far. Um, I tend to, I mean, black people have gone, has been going missing for years, and have not, or have have not given, been given, or been completely denied the same access or the same resources in finding. In being found family members uh friends loved ones uh have just been abducted and and lord only knows what has ended up happening to them um but i think it's just another symptom of a of a larger issue uh not of, of a of the larger issue when it comes to um black people around the world um where we are looked upon and we get not second not third but fourth um Class, fourth fourth class services um, for us from where it is become where it's where uh, having you know the resources that go out if if one of us go missing uh, from food from education from uh, financial services medical services um things of that nature i mean God, there's been proven to be um, a pipeline connecting black children early, as early as middle school to the prison to prison, uh, prison system. And it seems, you know, something, again, we've been saying for years, but now that it is out there and it's not such a quote-unquote myth in, around the world that it's an actual thing, you know, still little to nothing is being done about this issue where there is a portion of the human race that, is, that majority have been going from school straight to being incarcerated and then having not, while being incarcerated, not being provided services, not, not being provided education, uh, uh, med, um, mental health services, addiction services, things of that nature, um, and then being put back out on the street without those services to ultimately being put right back, uh, becoming uh, incarcerated. So, uh, are missing um, again is just a, a part of a larger lack of care um, in the black community around the world, globally.
0: So, Michael, do you do you envision this movie being picked up at uh, at different movie houses throughout the country?
1: Um. Well, that would be lovely. Um, but right now, uh, what we're focusing on is, you know, every production, every stage production and film production that comes from Creative Action Unlimited is available for uh, for organizations to um, to license to bring to their own communities. This is an important message that we want to to make available to organizations that are trying to raise community awareness and inspire action. So right now, that's my main focus. Um, certainly people uh, who saw it last night and who saw the stage productions um, have encouraged me to, um, to have it have a broader reach, and I'm open to that. Um, that was one of the main reasons for creating the film, because the stage production is emotionally exhausting for the actors to do um, and, of course, it's limited in scope in terms of our ability to keep performing it live, you know, at a distance. So, um, so this creating a film means that it's available now to anyone um, in the country that's interested in bringing it to their community as a way to raise
3: awareness.
0: So, Michael, you, your movie deals with race. What other creative things have you done... Um, uh, that people should know about
1: um well we have productions about um about addiction about suicide about um housing instability and um and so you know those are some of the things that we you know that we have already created productions about um, as I said, our next, our next production is a film, this is in post-production right now, um, that focuses on specifically on race and class in America, and the production that we have scheduled to create a film um, about um, in the spring focuses on anti-war activism. So we continue to choose important social issues to create products, um, artistic products about um, That organizations have them available to help with their mission.
0: So, tell us a little bit about it's being played at the Madison. So, can you give the uh, dates and times and stuff?
1: Sure, of course. Um, So, it opened last night at the Madison Theater. All performances, all screenings of the. I'm sorry, making the shift from theater to film. All screenings of the film are at 7 p.m. at the Madison Theater, um, and so it shows again tonight, um, and then again on a, and then on October 9th, it's available um, for an online premiere, and it will be available online for five days. Um, if people follow Creative Action Unlimited on Facebook, then um, they will get the information about how to connect to that. Uh, one thing that's important to say is that we are requiring proof of vaccination for attendance at the uh, at the Madison Theater premieres. Um, but but of course, if someone isn't vaccinated or you know or is consider- is at too much of a risk to attend a public performance, you know we hope that they will watch it online starting on October 29th. Oh,
0: okay. So, um you've been listening to Michael Kennedy. Okay, okay, Michael, how did you get the name Michael? That's the guy's name.
1: Uh, no, it's actually since since I'm female, let's say it's a woman's name too.
0: Okay, great. And so Bon, Jay and Aaron Moore, and their, um, their their film is Whitewashed. It's at the Madison theater. Um, so hopefully you guys in the listening audience can watch it. Thank you, thank you everybody, for being on the show and thank you everybody for listening. Have a wonderful day.